Put your engines! Bring them up, gang. Bring them up. Here we go. History in the making. Green, green, green. Another first-time Daytona 500 winner. But whereas some people see this as an upset winner, I don't know that I'd agree with that. Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You're listening to the Riley Auto Parts Pit Reporters. With me this week, Lee Spencer of RacingBoys.com and Reed Spencer of the NASCAR Wire Service. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network. Presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. And welcome to the show. Glad to have you with us. For those of you listening, you're missing Lee and her uh, beautiful Mardi Gras cowboy hat. It's a purple hat with uh, uh, gold <laughs> fleur-de-lis. Is that how you say it? That, fleur-de-lis. Excellent. Fleur-de-lis. I, I got some French in my background. Yeah, so I got that. So very good. Can-can so happy- can girls, right? <laughs> No, my mom's side of the family's French. Uh, so there we go. No can-can girls. Uh, or can't-can't girls. <laughs> so glad to have you guys here. Hey, okay, I said in my open that a lot of people were saying this Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning was an upset, Lee. I don't buy it. The guy has always been good on that type of race course, whether we call it a restrictor plate or super speed, whatever we're calling it these days. The fact is he's good on those type of race courses so i don't think it's an upset i think if it's any kind of upset it's that the single car team of jtg doherty goes to victory lane but when you look at the last three winners right whether it was michael mcdowell austin Sindrick, i mean yes he's from powerhouse penske right but three guys who you probably didn't have in your top five and so that made it interesting and we can get into this in depth later, but I think Ricky's secret weapon was Mike Kelly. And the reunion between the two friends certainly was the impetus for putting Ricky Stenhouse Jr. over the top. I mean, the big difference to me, Reed, is, you know, he's gotten a lot of grief over the years of being overly aggressive at Daytona, at Talladega, and, and causing lots of problems. He was not an instigator anywhere along the line this time. No, but he, he made, won- but he won the race. He absolutely did, and and folks, you know, have short memories. But last year, with five laps to go, he led the race as well, and somebody bulldozed him. So you know, he's has a knack of being at the front there, in in what were used to be called restrictor plate races, now super speedway races. He has a knack for that. He's good at it. Um, he knows when to make the moves. He did that on Sunday, and. You know, consequently, he won the race. I I thought, you know, if you're going to look at upsets, you know, another one of the upsets is that he won in a Chevrolet, which had only won one of the previous eight Daytona 500s. I mean, that was the thing. And, you know, you look, I couldn't have been happy for, for Jody and, and Tad Schechter and Brad Doherty. I mean, these, you know, they've been plugging along, had two cars for a few years, went back to one car because they didn't want to keep battling the you know, as an open car year in and year out and keep pouring that kind of money into it with the uncertainty that comes with being an open car, you know, that they've been doing it the right way for a long time, had a couple of wins under their belts, but now this is the big kahuna. It it really is. And this could be a game changer for them. And they said that you saw the, we were at the breakfast, Reed and I were on, on Monday. They were still on cloud nine. They know what this means to their little mom and pop operation of, 
what, 40 strong? Yeah, if cloud nine means hungover, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that because from what I was told. I thought the Waffle House took care of that on Sunday night. <laughs> no, <laughs> they were still waffling at the breakfast. But, uh, they, you know, they were in inspection until 1230 in the morning. So the party got started late. Then it ended up over at Ricky's bus. And then I think Ricky took the uh, party to Waffle House. But when you think what a win of this magnitude can do for a little team like theirs, it can take it up to the next level. And one interesting analogy that Mike Kelly brought to me, um, because he said that his father asked him the same thing, has the next-gen car been the game-changer? And certainly with all the winners we saw, all the different winners we saw last year and all the new winners we saw last year, and now Ricky, you know, breaking through like that, Mike Kelly explained it. It's kind of like panhandling for gold, right? If you're the first guy at the river, then you're going to get the biggest chunks of gold. But as time goes on and everybody finds your spot at the river, there's going to be less and less opportunity. So they're taking their opportunity now, and and boy, did they make the most of it. Yeah, I mean, I've known Tad Geschichter, you know, as long as he's been an owner in NASCAR. I mean, he came along in 1995, um, with the Kingsford charcoal car in the, in the, what was then the Bush series. I, I was writing a Bush column for the Charlotte observer at the time. And what always, um, impressed me about Ted was that he was, he's the consummate salesman. I mean, he pieces together deals here and there, but the Kingsford deal led to cross promotion with Kroger. And now Kroger has been with them for a decade. And finally they get Cottonelle and Kroger in victory lane. And, you know, but throughout that period, without a significant win and without a, a win since 2014 at all, when A.J. Allmendinger won at Watkins Glen, he's been able to hold those sponsors and, you know, basically keep them on the cars um, with no success. And then now all of a sudden he can reward him. And he said, one, he said to me at the breakfast, one of the uh, most gratifying things about the whole deal was having all those sponsors with him in victory lane, probably the largest victory lane in Daytona 500 history. Well, and the thing is, I mean, and we, we expect that this is going to get them into the playoffs. You know, we, after, after last year, I'm, I'm couching it. We think so. We think so. You know, there's a pretty good chance it's going to get them into the playoffs. And we hear these guys talk about, and I had a chance to talk to Brad Doherty over the years about this when he was used to co-host on Sirius, just making the playoffs is a huge payday, you know, from a sponsorship standpoint and from, you know, a publicity standpoint, it's months. You can't, I mean, I, I don't know what the measurement is financially, but it's there because you get so much more attention for at least the first three races. And if you can, the more you continue, the more attention you're getting because you're the one that's spotlighted. So this is huge for them. Assume, you know, not only do you win the biggest race of the year, but now you're also going to be spotlighted for at least the first three round, rounds of the playoffs. And think how big it is for Ricky, right? Because he hasn't been to the playoffs since 2017 when he won twice. Um, the only time in his career that he made the playoffs. And so, you know, we all kind of assume that that will be the case again. But I also look at down the road. I mean, now that Atlanta is kind of like a hybrid, he's got a shot at Atlanta. He's got a shot at Talladega. Um 
he's got a shot at Bristol dirt. You know, he he's really good at Bristol. He's really good at dirt. And so, Bristol yeah. pavement too. Right. Yeah, for and that so matter. you yeah. know, it's um, Bristol's been one of his best tracks long before they put dirt on it. So I mean, I really think that the kind of confidence, because you know, he's got confidence. I mean, the way he scaled that fence. I mean, he, <laughs> he and then started doing pull ups. Sorry, you know, it was just kind of it was insane. But it just showed you. The emotion and the adrenaline just pumping through. And if he can keep a handle on things, because he knows his reputation, everyone on the team knows his reputation. If he can just get a hold of things, um, he's going it, to, it's really going to help his effort. Plus, they think this year they've gotten better on the open motor tracks. I mean, he finished in the top 10 at Fontana last year. They're going to Fontana again this coming Sunday, and they're looking for at least that good a performance when they go back. I mean, it is amazing. And, and you know, you talk about these guys and, and you think about, you know, I mean, two years ago, Michael McDowell wins there. And, and again, a surprise, but not a shock because he's good in those type of tracks. You know, I, I think the chase Briscoe was, was a huge surprise just because being a rookie and yet he's good on those type of tracks and same thing. Stenhouse is good on those type of tracks, maybe a surprise, but certainly not shocking and I wouldn't call it an upset because he's been there and, and he's done that. But how much it changes your life as a driver, because from now on, then these guys understand it. From now on, he is known as a Daytona 500 champion. And that just, that changes the way you're perceived. And certainly, Lee, from the standpoint of how this year starts for these guys, it's got to get him tons of confidence when I would assume the way things have gone the last few years, that confidence had been waning. You can't tell me that Austin Sendrick didn't go through the garage with a little more spunk in his step being called, you know, the defending Daytona 500 champion. And the same is going to be for Stenhouse because, yes, he's won there in the summer. Yes, he's won at Talladega. But you win the great American race, that carries cachet with it. And he certainly has that now. Um, you know, Mike Kelly, crew chief again, and I'm going to use a lot of Mike Kellyisms because he was just so profound on so many things that he pointed out. He wanted to come back and take over this team and earn respect for them. And if you don't have respect after winning the Daytona 500, I don't know what you have to do short of winning a championship. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like it's like in professional golf when you win the Masters. Every tournament that you go to thenceforth. When you're on the first tee, you are introduced as Masters champion. And Ricky Stenhouse forever will be known as Daytona 500 winner, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And that is just a huge feather in the cap, and it can't be underestimated. All right. Each week in the Raleigh Auto Parts Pit Reporters, we give you a chance to go to goprn.com and vote in our poll. And this week's question is, will Stenhouse win multiple races this year? Yes or no? Last week, we asked you, which manufacturer will have the best Daytona? Well, you guys thought, unless you voted after the race, it would be Chevy. And indeed, they did have a pretty good one. 54%. Ford got 33%. And Toyota, just 13%. So, who did have a good Daytona? And what else did we learn? We'll talk about that when the Riley Pitt Reporters comes back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Count on the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your vehicle and budget. Get maximum cooling system performance for 10 years or 300,000 miles with Peak Long Life Universal Premixed Antifreeze and Coolant. Now just $6.99 after mail-in rebate. Limit supply. See store for details. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
Whether your engine runs daily or only when you need it, C-Max Micro Lubricant is the force you need against carbon buildup that can damage your engine. Combustion causes carbon and other harmful deposits to build up on your engine, fuel system, and transmission. And carbon is like sandpaper rubbing against your engine's internal parts. You don't want that. You want Z-Max Micro Lubricant. It soaks into metal and keeps your vehicle running at peak performance. Find out more at ZMAX.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Protect your engine to the max with Z-Max. Want to hear one of our past shows? Visit GoPRN.com. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. The grassroots is where the hometown heroes of Friday and Saturday nights are and where the future stars of NASCAR are made. The stories and journeys from the grassroots are always unique. Whether it was the excitement of her championship at the track her grandparents helped build, the loneliness of his first win without his father there to hug him in victory lane, or the track their mama warned them about, PRN's At The Track covers the people of America's baddest bull ring. PRN's At The Track, relentless passion for grassroots racing. You think of all the things that really just in the last 25 years have happened, the champions that we've seen, that's what I think is really cool about it. I just believe the addition of Kyle Busch to RCR and what I saw at the tail end of last year, I think Austin Dillon could win three or four races this year. When I think of somebody that's a moral lock, I think of somebody that has great consistency. And there are only four drivers right now that have been in five championship four playoff races. That's Fast Talk right here on PRN. Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And hey, welcome back. Long with Reed Spencer from the NASCAR Wire Service. Lee Spencer from RacingBoys.com. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right, kind of asked the question going into the break, Reed. What else did we learn? i tell you one thing I learned. Uh, I think Roush Fenway Keselowski is uh, making huge leaps forward from last year. Well, I reserve judgment on that. Okay. Because I want to see how they do on the open motor tracks. I mean, re- remember that they won both duels last year. They were both strong in the uh, super speedway race. So um, I need I need more data before I make that conclusion. I think they're better. I think I agree with you, but I reserve judgment. Lee, how about you? I think Chris Busher was the most butthurt of the top five on Sunday. When I talked to him after the race, he was really, he really thought he had a shot at winning that race. And um, Bowman was just kind of happy to finish the race, right? (laughs) Christopher Bell had learned so much about restrictor plate racing that it, he was disappointed, but he was also proud of himself for what he had accomplished. Joey Logano, yes, he was upset. He even said that it had the uh, the official pulled the light a little quicker and and turned it into a yellow flag that he probably would have given him the winnings if he could have picked up the trophy. Um, you know, certainly Stenhouse was happy, but Busher, Busher really felt like that was the one that got away. And to see that kind of emotion out of him and that disappointment, you know, he's going to fuel it into something bigger. Now, whether Roush Fenway as a whole has improved. I'm I'm with Reed. I'm I'm reserving judgment. Um, I want to see what they do at Las Vegas. You know, Phoenix is kind of a a weird little track because you know flat one mile. If if they run well, then they'll probably be also be good at New Hampshire Gateway. 
But when you see what they do on the intermediate tracks, that'll kind of give you a better idea as to what they're going to accomplish throughout the year. Now, I will add to that, that um, that Roush Fenway Keselowski Racing has really spiffed up their training facility. And we went out to visit that during the off season and talked to Brad, um, who's very proud of this facility. Uh, you know, they've got a training facility that is, you know, although a, a smaller version than the entire Toyota performance center, it is still, um, a very, very worthwhile enterprise and one that Brad, uh, can basically take to account anybody that participates or doesn't. And, and that's good. I mean, and I think he, you know, they finished the year pretty strong last, or stronger last year than the way they started the year. So it's, you know, I see positive signs for them. I, I think we also saw what we expected to see Lee and that, uh, Kyle Bush was pretty strong. Kyle Bush is really strong. And I mean, he's got to be on everybody's radar this year. He's got something to prove. You know, the Chevrolets were working hard to, to try to get him, uh, to the front and, he looked like the golden child there for a while. <laughs> uh, you know, he he ran, he won what the Daytona one ninety nine or whatever. Uh, you know, one hundred ninety nine laps. He was the winner at that point. But well, as he said, if it had been the year Earnhardt won, then he would have been the winner because Earnhardt won under caution and he would have won under caution. So I mean, there's that. Um, yeah. We're going to California Speedway, right? Where <laughs> he has like four victories to his name. Um, this could be the week for him. I will not count him out. I absolutely expect him to have multiple wins this season. Um, last year it was a gimme win at, at Bristol. Let's face it. When you had Chase Briscoe and Reddick wrecking themselves out of turn four, whoo, the seas parted and he got that win. He didn't do anything else the rest of the year. Now, you know, Ben Bayshore and he, they were not a good match. He has really hit it off with his current crew chief, and I, I really expect he and Randall Burnett to um, just, they're driven. You know, you could hear the excitement in their voices when they got wrecked by Suarez during the duel, and they all kind of banded together, and you could feel that emotion. You could feel the energy moving forward, and I think that that's going to propel them to multiple wins. And, and I'll just say, as far as Kyle's concerned, that Tyler Reddick proved last year that that's quality equipment. And with Randall Burnett as his crew chief, that's a quality combination. So um, I expect Kyle Busch to win in that car, and I expect him to win multiple races in that car. Who else impressed you? Uh, Christopher Bell. Um, I know I mentioned him earlier. Um, you know, I asked him on media day, so who did you, you know, do you, have you been studying what Denny Hamlin does? Denny Hamlin's sitting there with three Harley J. Earl trophies. He's really the king of Daytona of his generation. Um, and he said he studied and studied and studied Denny over and over again. And I talked to Adam Stevens after the race, and he was really proud of how far Christopher has come. This was his first top five finish at Daytona, and he ends up on the podium. So I really believe um, under different circumstances at Phoenix, perhaps had they not had the tragedy in the Joe Gibbs racing camp and, and um, you know, happy birthday to J.D. Gibbs today was is uh, or yesterday would have been his birthday. Um, but I really think that um, Christopher Bell, we haven't seen everything he can accomplish. Uh, I've been watching him for years, you know, coming up through dirt, making his way through trucks and Xfinity and now Cup, 
Last year, we got a glimpse of what he's capable of. Look out in 2023. Yeah, and I mean, in the Daytona 500, you had one dirt guy helping the other dirt guy. I mean, three of them. Yeah, well, you, three of them total. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, you know, Bell gave Stenhouse the bump that he needed to be ahead. I mean, you said Logano, if it had been a second earlier, if it had been a second earlier or two seconds later, Logano would have probably been the winner of the Daytona 500 for the second time. But, um, no, I, I mean, I've been very impressed with Bell and, and you called Bell based on his performance in the duel said he had the best of all the Toyotas. It turned out he certainly did. And so you know, I expect great things of him. He keeps learning every year and pairing him with Adam Stevens. Uh, I think Adam is probably the best crew chief that Joe Gibbs racing has. And, and, you know, I know you guys mentioned a little bit earlier, a little bit later would have been Logano and that's true, but you know, I, I've had a chance. I know you guys have as well. You watch the replay, you know, I know that Fox had a high camera where you can see as they go by one, you can see the green light still on, and at that point, Stenhouse was ahead. And by the time they get to the next light, you can see it's yellow, Stenhouse still ahead. I, I see no right. controversy oh, at, all at all in the finish. Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not. Because, I mean, in, in a situation like that where it's turn one of the last lap, they want the race to finish under green, if at all possible. And so not until they realize that it's going to be a multi-car wreck, I mean, probably not until Larson shot up and hit the wall did they – did they decide to punch the yellow? I mean, that's, that's just the way that operates. Yeah. I, I know fans still want to get the, the green, you know, the green flag finish. But the thing is, I don't, I don't know what you do, Lee. I don't know what you do to make it different. I don't know how to improve it without sitting there all night long, continuing, especially in a situation like Daytona or Talladega, where you always seem to have these multi-car wrecks on the last lap or the second, to last lap, you know, I, I like the system we have now where once you take the white flag, you know, it's going to end. And I know NASCAR likes to, to Reed's point, likes to hold off on the caution as long as they possibly can. But at the same time, you got to get safety equipment out there. Honestly, I think Ricky had the best car, um, throughout the race. Joey was complaining about handling. Um, he had no partners up there. Bell had no partners up there. I mean, Bell and Larson worked together. Larson and, and, uh, Stenhouse worked together, but there, you know, at the end, no Toyotas to help, <laughs> tell Bell, no Fords to help Logano. I mean, they were kind of out there on islands, and the Chevys were, were there at the end until that wreck going into the last lap. Well, I mean, the only way to change it is to separate the cars. The only way to do that is to go back to a configuration like they had in 1988 when or 1987 when Bill Elliott set the qualifying record at 210 miles an hour, and we sure don't want that. So... Um, you know, you're going to have this kind of racing as long as they have this kind of super speedway package. And as long as they restrict the horsepower to the level that it is now. Yep. I agree. So another interesting thing has come out of there and it's been, I, I, I don't know what you're going to do about this. We're in a business, we're in radio and commercials pay the bills. And yet there's been this incredible uproar since since the race on Sunday about how much time is spent on commercials, not just in radio, but in television. We're going to talk about that when we come back. Greece is cheap, but the airfare costs a fortune. Paris, not much closer. And again, airfare. What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it. Flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? 
low-cost airlines. With one call to low-cost airlines, you'll drastically slash your travel costs. We're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations. Where would you like to go? London, Rome, Costa Rica, Australia? Wow, that's cheap. So why wait? Call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the U.S. or international. Our prices are so low, we can't publish them. The only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel. It's that easy. So call now and start packing. 800-218-4909-800-218-4909-800-218-4909. Again, that's 800-218-4909. We've got more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN. The Performance Racing Network. Hey, I'm Paul Shadden Charlotte with Kathy Martindale in Nashville on the Performance Racing Network. This is Z-Max Racing Country Classics. Let's head to Charlotte now and join Paul with Chase Elliott. Tell me this, you know, growing up as Bill Elliott's little boy, did you know Rick Hendrick at all? The first time I ever spoke a word to him was when I was about 15 and we were just talking racing. Mike Rowe here with a gentle reminder that civilization is held together by pipes, wires, and cables. It's true. There are over 5 million miles of gas lines, power lines, fiber optic lines, water lines, and sewer lines all buried beneath your feet. And every 60 seconds, somebody digs into one. Look, if you're thinking about digging around, do yourself a favor and call 811 first just to find out what's down there. Trust me, you don't want to find out the hard way. Call or click 811 before you dig and visit safeexcavator.com for more info. Follow at PRN Live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. And welcome back along with Lee Spencer from RacingBoys.com and Reed Spencer from the NASCAR Wire Service. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. You know, we were talking about this and we were talking during the break. I don't know what people expect. You want to watch every single NASCAR race. You don't want to, you know, if you've got cable, if you've got satellite, whatever, they don't want to pay extra for it. And yet they don't want to be interrupted by commercials. So I don't know. I don't know what they, yeah, everybody wants something for nothing. You know, we're in a commercial radio business. We sell ads. That's how you, that's how you hear this show. O'Reilly Auto Parts is kind enough to support this show. That's how you hear this show. So I don't know what folks are expecting when they come out of a show. I watched the race. I know you guys are both there. I watched the Daytona 500. I did not feel like there was any more commercials than usual. I didn't feel like it was over-interrupted. I, I, I don't know what people are complaining about except for the fact that they want to sit there for and watch it without commercial interruption. There's a lot of side-by-side stuff. I, I, I just, I think people are, you know, it's the old have, have your cake and eat it too thing. It's really hard for us when we're sitting there at the track with a live feed yeah. to really get the, the feel or, you know, the, the same kind of experience that the people are at home. So we're just, you know, it's really hard for us to judge, but, um, having grown up in a broadcasting family, I, you know, I know who pays the bills and, uh, I know who pays the salaries and that comes from the sponsors and it's the only way that the sausage gets made. 
Well, it's not the only way. I mean, you could have pay-per-view as do a lot of the dirt events. I mean, they, they charge to watch the chili bowl on a nightly basis or, or on a weekly basis. You still get commercials though, between the uh, heats and between the events there. Um, or you could, you could have a system as F1 does, which has no commercials, but that is, you know, I don't know exactly how that works, but it's gotta be heavily subsidized. And as you suggested, uh, Brad, it has, it probably has something to do with the international nature of it. And the fact that certain countries don't have commercials during their, during their telecasts. So, um, you know, you've got options, but I did not feel like this Daytona 500 had anything more than a normal Daytona 500. Um, they do, if something dramatic happens while an ad is on, they will break back into the telecast. However, if you're watching a side-by-side, since it's a smaller ad, they cannot do that because, you know, they have to show you the action on one side, but they have to keep the commercial on the other. So, you know, I mean, people certainly would love to see it without commercials, but from a practical nature and for what they have to pay for TV rights, it's not practical. I mean, that's the whole thing. I, you know, I don't think, I think folks understand, I uh, hope folks understand that this sport grew because TV fell in love with it. You know, when ESPN was looking for programming back in the 1980s, they fell in love with NASCAR. And you know, if you want to talk about, we all talked about the singular event that, 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 that boosted NASCAR in the national spotlight was the 1979 Daytona 500. First time it had ever been televised live flag to flag. And that was the, the great, uh, Patty or uh, Yarborough and the Allison's it up in a fifth fist fight. The East coast was snowed in and people fell. This is fantastic. Wow. And then ESPN fell in love with it. And because it gave them programming and sponsors got eyes on it. And that's how this sport grew. If this sport doesn't have television, it doesn't look like it does today. And for the people who sit there and go, well, no other sport breaks into live programming to take commercial breaks. Well, that's not true. Golf does it. Well, I sure. Mean, yeah. And soccer, it may not break it, but they're sticking spot and they're sticking commercials up in the corners the whole time. It doesn't happen. And so soccer is not a sport that lends itself to, well, okay. Some people might argue that there's a lot of boring part of soccer, but that's been neither here <laughs> Neither here nor there. But the fact of the matter is the reason you get to see NASCAR, the way you get to see it or hear it today is because of commercials, because sponsors are supporting it because sponsors want to get their message to you. And that's why it happens. And, and, and also, I mean, NASCAR does not have a lot of natural breaks the way a lot of other sports do like baseball between innings, football between plays and between series, uh, tennis between games and sets. I mean, you have a lot of natural breaks in a lot of other sports that we watch. And so you really don't notice the ads that much because you don't miss any of the action. Certainly the stages help, right? Because those are, and that's one of the, one of the motivations to have the stages. Well, I tell you what, if, if you go to some of these live events, I go to a lot of college football and they are notorious for taking breaks where there really aren't natural breaks. You know, a, a guy starts hobbling off the field and they'll take a, a break. And as a guy stands on the sideline with a clock, a big old clock and big red numbers, and that two and a half minutes comes up and you go, 
holy smoke, not again. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, to sit there in person and not watch, you know, not be watching on television. It is just, it's, it's painful. And it's, it was not, you know, it's not places for natural breaks and it's as annoying as can be for the people sitting there in person. Well, and those, it stops the action. And those are long, long breaks too. I mean, I remember the first time I went to a live NFL game and you know, it, it seemed like they were just sort of standing around in the huddle for five minutes waiting for the ads to be over. Yeah. It's, and I, I don't know what the answer is. I mean, you know, T NASCAR has tried pay, you know, pay-per-view. They tried the, uh, the, the thing where you could look, you know, where you could watch individual drivers and, and get the individual drivers covered. Right. And that didn't sell enough subscriptions. And my guess is some part of this new TV package that we're going to see starting in 2025, is it? Because I think not, next year is the last year of the current TV package. You may have something like the NFL now has with Amazon where you're going to have to pay extra to see certain events. Or That's YouTube entirely possible. Or... Yeah. Well, and another thing they could do, I mean, at the racetrack, we have two screens in front of us. One is the broadcast. The other is the live track feed where we watch the action uninterrupted. And so offer that and see if there's enough interest for pay-per-view to people that say, do you want it without ads? Okay, here it is. Fork over your money and you can watch it without, um, you can watch it in real time without commercials. Yep. They're going to have to have commercials to pay. If if what we're hearing is going to be a $4 billion TV package, there's going to have to be commercials to pay yes. for that. Yep, absolutely. And even with commercials, you may end up on something like, you know, the NFL is still running commercials on Amazon, even though you have to pay extra to have oh, Amazon. Yeah. But think about it, when you have a Super Bowl party, everybody waits for the commercials, right? That wasn't the case on Sunday. Well, not this year. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back some drivers have antied up and they're not antied up but their team owners have antied up and given you some long-term deals we'll talk about those guys when we come back oh 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 o'reilly protect your engine against sludge and wear with a synthetic oil change o'reilly auto parts has five parts of mobile one full synthetic motor oil for 35.95 plus get two times o rewards points our professional parts people can recommend the supplies you need, including a filter, funnel, shop towels, drain pans, and more. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. NASCAR returns to Austin March 24th through the 26th with more entertainment and more fun, including a concert by Darius Rucker. The Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix will be a 20-turn battle featuring fancy footwork mandatory and body blows guaranteed. In the end, grit and determination earns a star. It strikes. Will it be Elliott, Chastain, Suarez, or another? Y'all in? Tickets at NASCARAcoda.com. More of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Time to pull down on the handle and start rolling them here at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. The green flag flies at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're about to contest the Coca-Cola 600. We're racing at Texas Motor Speedway. Now Keselowski goes way up the racetrack. Here comes Harrison Burton. He rockets to the lead. Trouble. Car goes around. 
is Chris Buescher. Joey Logano battles to the outside. They come back to the start finish line. Bubba Wallace looks inside. And now here's Byron. Takes a quick left to block him. They head back to one. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Bubba goes up. Delaney hits the outside wall off of turn two. Can Christopher Bell do anything with him? He gets down to the bottom of the racetrack. Briscoe dives to the bottom of the racetrack. Side by side. They get loose. They spin. Now Tyler Reddick does it. 360 Soto's Frisco. Heading into turn number seven as he wraps it around. The crowd is cheering for Daniel Suarez here on this final lap. Alba Digger gets into Alex Bowman. Ross Chastain back out to the front for the final time. This is PRN. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And welcome back from the commercials. Thanks for staying with us. <laughs> <laughs> Along with Reed Spencer for the NASCAR Wire Service and Lee Spencer from RacingBoys.com. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. Hey, got some guys that got new contracts, including the uh, Trackhouse Duo Read of uh, Daniel Suarez and Ross Chastain. I guess uh, Justin Mark's pretty happy with the boys. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Daniel got extended last year and he got re-extended this year before the Daytona 500. Uh, Ross Chastain signed what is termed a nice long-term contract that'll keep him with the organization for uh, for quite some time. And yeah, I mean, they're happy with their lineup. They're happy with the attention their team is getting. They're happy with just about everything that's going their way right now. So lock them up. And they should be happy with the two top tens. They got a Daytona, yeah, right? Because right. to come out of there somewhat unscathed. I mean, uh, Suarez went to the spin cycle once, but they recovered. And had, well, yeah, yeah. And, and they recovered with two top tens. So that's another good week for Trackhouse. Uh, great to see them locked down. Well, and, and that's a team, you know, and a lot of, I think a lot of folks are waiting to see if last year was – a fluke or if this is a team that's built for the long haul and i believe reed i think what justin marks is doing i i think he's got you know he's got it figured well yes i don't think anybody actually has it figured out but he's got something figured out and he's got a system in place and he's got a business plan and i i have no doubt that that team is here to stay oh i don't i don't either i think the biggest thing they have is that everybody in that organization believes in him and his methodology and you know, everybody's bought in. And I think that's why they're doing so well. And I asked, I asked Justin, um, at the Ross Chastain press conference, was it imperative to get two hungry guys that you could mold? Because, you know, there are so many silver spoon drivers running around, right? These are two guys that had to work and sacrifice to get where they're at. You can't tell me that they're really happy to be in the position and that they're going to work harder because he he keeps them hungrier. Um, to give them the contract now, it makes a lot of sense for a couple of reasons. First, you know, the, the race teams will soon find out what their part of the, the new TV package is going to be once they all get the numbers crunched and what have you. But also to get two guys locked down, to know you're going to build on that, not to have all the rumors flying around, not to have the distractions. Now, Trackhouse can just go and race. They have absolutely nothing to worry about. And I think that that get, puts them in a stronger position. Also getting an extension, Alex Bowman from uh, Rick Hendrick. 
And that one kind of surprised me, the length of that extension. It's three years. And that means Bowman will be around in the Ally car through 2026. Um, it is a reflection of how much Ally likes him as a person and as a driver, because if you notice, it's also on his midgets and it's also on his wing sprint cars. So there is a relationship there. And I think the sponsor had a lot to do with that extension. Anybody that questioned whether or not he would be back in the 48 after this year, uh, you know, it's, it reads absolutely right. All you had to do was look at his two dirt, dirt team programs and, realize that relationship i mean ally is really big into a lot of um i would say what social programs and such they're they're big advocates on pets and and alex has his dog so they can cross promote with a lot of the things that alex is doing and it's a it's a really good fit i mean so many times you scratch your head when you see a certain sponsor with a driver this one is like a marriage made in heaven yeah yeah i think so one interesting story came out last weekend, and I actually got to be perfectly honest with you. I was kind of waiting for it to happen. When Richard Petty let it be known that he was not particularly happy with Jimmy Johnson for kind of taking over what had been Petty GMS and then changing the name to Legacy Motor Club. Now, Richard really hadn't, Richard had been more of a figurehead anyway at that organization. I mean, is there more there than meets the eye? I mean, I, 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 I kind of expected at some point Richard would let it be known he wasn't happy. Well, it, I mean, I, for one thing, um, you know, going back as far as the George Gillette days when, when it was Richard Petty Motorsports, but George Gillette had bought controlling interest, there's always been this sort of illusion that Richard was still the boss and the primary owner. Well, when the press release for Legacy Motor Club came out, and referred to co-owners Maury Gallagher and Jimmy Johnson and Ambassador Richard Petty. I think that hit a lot of people sort of the wrong way. You know, who, you know, well, is, you know, is he just a figurehead? What? Um, but I think in that same interview, though, Richard admitted that the things that he had been doing and the way he'd been running the organization um, for the past few years really hadn't been working. And now Jimmy's coming in streamlining the organization um you know driving some in some races himself um so you know i i mean i can see both sides of it i i'm not surprised that the king was a little miff basically from the point when he was described as just an ambassador but i think they'll i think the leg, leg, legacy motor club will go into the tricon garage and have a, a meeting with watercress sandwiches and scotch and uh and straighten the whole thing out lee i think if you're a seven-time champion and all of a sudden you feel marginalized it's not a good feeling and i think that that's kind of how richard felt and you know when you're used to doing things a certain way and you've been doing them for so long and then there's a a new kid in town and the new kid brings his new team into town and your old team gets knocked out the door then it's you know it's it's a tough tough deal but um i think richard is by far the best ambassador this sport has ever had um, he can be a resource to the young drivers over there, you know, not just because of driving, but because of re- what he represents off the racetrack. I have never seen Richard not stop for a fan and sign 
an autograph. This is something that has been lost on this younger generation. And if that's if he can take one driver and Eric Jones and Noah Gregson, um, Raja Karuth is over there and help them to be more of an ambassador themselves, then that's a win win for Legacy Motor Club. Go be interesting to see. Uh, he said uh, Jimmy Johnson had said that he was disappointed Richard hadn't talked to him about it first, but I'm sure that, like you said, Reed, they'll 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 work things out. Yeah, I think so. All right. When we come back, Fontana lies ahead. What's the future at Fontana beyond this race? Stay with us. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? There's a tremendous price war among the major term life companies. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45 non-tobacco user. $1 million of coverage is only $75 per month, level for the next 10 years. Or a man age 50 non-tobacco user can buy a half million dollars of coverage for a monthly premium of only $110. Guaranteed not to change for the next 20 years. That's right, level rates for 20 years. And if you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At the Term Lifeline, we specialize in policies of a half million dollars and above. So if you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call right now for a free quote. Rates and availability may vary by state. Sample rate quotes are based on preferred non-tobacco underwriting exam required to qualify. 800-807-1981. 800-807-1981. That's 800-807-1981. Brett McMillan returns with his guests in just a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Hi, this is PRN's Brett McMillan. You know, you don't spend your life just sitting around, so what you need is PRN's mobile app. By downloading the mobile app, you can listen to our live race broadcast from anywhere. Make sure you don't miss a second of the action from the track. If you download it today, you get station listings and on-demand access to your favorite studio shows like Fast Talk, Pit Reporters, or Garage Packs. Get all the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app. Download today. Available at the Apple App Store and on Google Play. Get your NASCAR fix with PRN's Garage Pass. This car puts on really good shows at, you know, mile and a half, two-mile tracks, and I expect nothing less. Obviously, it's not the spot we want to be in. We'd love to have a win by now and feel like we should have, but it's just been one of those seasons where when we have cars good enough to win, we haven't done all the other things right. I feel like it's going to be an opportunity to win. I feel like, you know, it's an opportunity to win at home as well, so want to take advantage of both of those things. Hi, I'm Mark Garrow, tracking the latest racing news every weekday. Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit GoPRN.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. And welcome back along with Lee Spencer from RacingBoys.com, Reed Spencer from the NASCAR Wire Service. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. We're headed to Fontana this week for the, well, we keep hearing the last race on the two-mile Fontana layout. It's interesting, though, the, the track president shows up at the Coliseum, Lee, and says... Yep, we're going to be shut down for a couple of years while we redo the track and everybody says it's going to come back as a half mile. Well, then Steve Phelps comes out and says, well, we don't know about that yet. So is it going to be turned into a half mile track? Is it going to be shut down for two years? What's going on? I think it's a balance of how bad you need a track in the L.A. market and 
how much is the property worth? Because if it helps your bottom line to sell all that, I mean, you're out in Warehouse Road. That's like Amazon land. There's like, you know, it's the crossroads at 10 and 15. I mean, that is like prime Amazon uh, property and Ontario Mills Mall right, right there too. So, but it, it's so it, it's so valuable. Is it worth having a track? It, it it's all going to come down to how how much do you want to track in the LA market, and how much are you willing to sacrifice to get that 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 track that property sold and on your bottom line. Well, that had been part of the original plan that they talked about. You know sell off half the property and then convert the rest of the property to the half mile track. But how much is enough, right? I mean, is that property so valuable that you can't justify having a racetrack on it? That's, I think that's the bottom line. I I think so. I mean, my gut feeling is that everything is still completely up in the air there. My gut feeling, if I have to project five years into the future is that that land will find some other use other than a speedway of any length, um, as did Ontario Speedway, which is now the site of Ontario Mills Mall. Um, They have a half-mile track that's a really good racy track up at Irwindale, which is closer to downtown L.A. Um, The one thing that all the uh, uncertainty about Fontana does tell me, though, is that I will bet now that the clash at the Coliseum, the Bushlight Clash, will be back at least for one more year and maybe for two because they want the presence in the L.A. market so um, assiduously. But not as a points race. Not as a points race. Oh, gosh, no. I mean, that whole thing with the points race of, of the, the clash, was that was manufactured by a reporter for the local paper there, the L.A. Times, who was trying to find out what was going to happen to Fontana um, by asking, is it going to be a points race? But that was a complete red herring. Everybody jumped on board, unfortunately, but it will never be a points race. They could never allow a race like that to be run for points. 27 cars and you couldn't complete laps, right? I mean, can you imagine 38? Six cautions in 11 laps. I mean. Insane. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, we all know, and you know, Folks, you can look it up on a map, how far it is from downtown L.A. to where Fontana Speedway is. It's a hike. And, you know, in no traffic, it's probably a 45-minute drive to an hour. Yeah, 45 to an hour. That's In no traffic. Now, we're talking L.A. There's always traffic in L.A., except on a Sunday morning, maybe. But where in L.A., for NASCAR, wanted to stay in that market, where in LA? I mean, you talked about Irwindale. It's a half mile track, but it only but seats they want like to it's that five thousand. Yeah, it only seats like five thousand people, and it's in an area that's got you know it's always talking about prime real estate there. Where in LA are you going to find someplace that has that doesn't have prime real estate? Everything in LA has prime real estate, or else you're going to have to go in further out. I mean, that's why Mason Marin and Bakersfield, which is not that far from LA, they had to build a new track there because. The property there was too valuable. Right, but they still have Kern County Speedway there. Yeah, and which they knew when they built. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and they still have Bakersville Speedway, uh, which is the dirt track. But the, um, I, I, I mean, as far as Irwindale goes, you can build temporary grandstands. I mean, they, 
they bring temporary grandstands in for, you know, 150,000 people at Montreal when they run the F1 race. So that can be done. Um, the seating at, at Nashville fairgrounds where we're talking about going back, um, 24,000. So, you know, Irwindale is doable and it's, and it's closer and more accessible than Fontana is. I just don't see, I mean, I just don't see it. And every year they tell us they're tearing that one down. Now, we have had a good quarter century run at Auto Club Speedway. And that track is so racy. And on media day, the driver said that they will believe that it's going to be a half mile track when it becomes a half mile track. The crew chiefs. They don't want to lose the two-mile track or because it has just become so racy, so perfect. They love the challenge. Um, you hear the crew, uh, the crew chiefs talk with more enthusiasm towards Fontana than the drivers do. And a lot of the drivers absolutely love that track. So I think I'm with Reed. You know, I would, I guess my heart tells me I would just love to keep going there, that I don't want to go away from that track. But um, my head's telling me that that real estate is just way too valuable to hold a race. Well, and, and here's the thing. I mean, if, like Lee says, if, if you took a poll of drivers and crew chiefs, they would all say, that's our favorite track. Because, don't change it. Because it's the only one left. Everything else has been repaved at this point. And, you know, most recently Atlanta, which is, you know, the character of which has been dramatically changed. Um, so, you know, Fontana is the last place where they can go and have that kind of race where the back slide out and the, and, and that you've got the seams in the asphalt and then, you know, you hit a seam wrong and you can go for a spin, but eventually that track will break up enough that it will have to be repaved and it will no longer be the same Fontana that everybody's so enthusiastic about. So, you know, that's, that's what they're looking at in the future. Yep. Sooner or later, it will be repaved as well. Unless it's torn down. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Then something that will be paved there. Yeah. Right. A parking <laughs> lot. Yeah. <laughs> There's the old song, put up a parking yeah, paved lot. Paradise, put up a parking <laughs> there lot. There you go. When we come back, white flag, you're a singer. You can, maybe you can put that in your repertoire for the uh, pit road pickers. Uh, I, I don't do Joni Mitchell very well. <laughs> what five laps ahead? Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Need new wiper blades but not sure which ones are right for you? The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts can help. We'll show you options for your vehicle and even install your new wiper blades for free. Right now, save $10 per pair on Bosch Focus wiper blades so you can see better in any weather. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We work hard to keep our cars looking great on the outside, but engine components need our attention too. That's where you can trust Z-Max Microlubricant to disperse carbon buildup in your engine fuel system to keep your car or truck running at its peak. By soaking into the metal of your engine, Z-Max Microlubricant improves performance, extends engine life, and reduces emissions. Trust the many customers who've said, thanks for saving my engine. Find out more at ZMAX.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.
Nacho engine! Chastain in turn one, drives it in deep to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll slide up in front of William by rewind now, down the back stretch, into the bottom of three. Side by side, down the front stretch. One lap to go here in Vegas. Larson with a nose out in front of Bowman down the Nellis straightaway. They stay door to door, side by side. Bowman at the bottom, he slides up in front of Larson. Larson with the crossover, he's out of time. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Now we've got a half dozen cars sliding through the infield rash. Noah Gregson has spun, but they are still side by side for the lead. Almond Digger's got the advantage on the inside of the turn three. When the NASCAR Cup Series races at Las Vegas, Atlanta, Circuit of the Americas, Bristol, Dover, Charlotte, Sonoma, Nashville Super Speedway, New Hampshire, and Texas, it's right here on PRN, the Performance Racing Network. Almond Digger gets jumped out of the way by Kevin Harvick. Harvick goes to P1 with every. Check out all of our show pages on GoPRN.com to find archived shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters with Brett McMillan. Hey, welcome back. It's time now for our white flag laps. And first up, we'll go with the ladies from RacingBoys.com. It's Lee Spencer. Thank you, Mr. McMillan. So we're going to Auto Club Speedway this weekend. And if it's the last... Just give me one more Kyle versus Kyle show. Now that Kyle Busch is in a Chevy, Kyle Larson is in a Chevy. They're in very equal equipment. I want to see them go side by side, trading paint all the way down the backstretch to the finish. Then if they tear the place up, we'll at least have that one last fond memory of Fontana. All right. I'd pay to see that. Okay, I got a credential. Next up from the from NASCAR Wire Service, Reed Spencer. As happy as I was to see Ricky Stenhouse Jr. win the Daytona 500, I was just as happy to see his owner, Tag DeShichter, win the Daytona 500. Here's a guy who started racing as an owner back in 1995, quit a good corporate marketing job, and started a race team. First race shop was on a dirt floor with a chicken coop off to the side. And he has been trying for years and years, ever since then, um, to field a winning race team. And then all of a sudden, on Sunday, they grab the brass ring, win the Daytona 500, NASCAR's biggest and most prestigious race. So I just say congratulations. Well-deserved for he and, and Jody, his wife, and Brad Doherty. Couldn't be happier for those guys. And. I hear Brad was 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 trash talking with Michael Jordan after the race. <laughs> <laughs> the old teammates in North Carolina. The nerves, the thrills, the white knuckles, the chewed fingernails, the moments of hope that the holy grail of the sport would finally be held only to be dashed in the blink of an eye. Yes, once again, a first-time Daytona 500 winner was hoisting the Harley J. Earl Trophy while multiple former series champions pulled out of the speedway empty-handed again. Such is the nature of the Daytona 500, NASCAR's biggest, most prestigious race. It will change a driver's life while at the same time break a dozen others' hearts. So here's the challenge. Forget about it. Forget what just happened in the sports Super Bowl and move on. In the big picture, the Daytona 500 is just one of 26. 26 races in the regular season, 25 more chances to qualify for the playoffs. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. has a pretty good shot at being in one of those playoff spots but no better chance than whoever wins at Fontana this week. 
The rest of the season starts right now, and there's plenty of drama left to play out. All right, who do you like this week, Lee? Got to go with Kyle Busch. Kyle Larson. Oh, we're going to have the Kyle versus Kyle show, no matter what we do. All right, Fontana this week, then Vegas. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week on the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.